0: Welcome back to the Cover Zero podcast. We are here tonight with the AFC South, continuing our division previews for 2023. I'm your host, J-Rob. Tonight, I am joined by the funniest member of the Cover Zero podcast, Day, My brother,
1: how you doing? I'm doing good, man. How you doing?
0: I'm doing good. Doing good. We tonight are previewing a division that had some of the worst football in it in 2022 when you look at a couple of these units and uh, we're going to see if they can turn it around this season, we're going to see how they can look to bounce back. And of course, as you know, here on the cover zero podcast, we always start going from worst to first. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, that leaves us with the Houston Texans last year, three, 13 and one for the, they got their first tie in franchise history in week one. Was it first? It was versus the Colts. Yep. And for the third straight year, They were the first team eliminated from playoff contention as of week 13.
1: (laughs) Terrible franchise, man. They've been doing terrible.
0: God, yep. Yeah. yep. And, well, they had the first pick. I don't know if you remember this part. This was kind of hilarious when I was going back and looking at what their season was like. You remember when they had the first pick?
1: Oh, I do. I do. (laughs) Remember how they won that game? (laughs) Yep. He went out there and won the game because he knew he was going to get fired. So he did it to spite the GM and spite the organization. And who got the number one overall pick? His former team in the Bears.
0: The former (laughs) team in the Bears, right? Basically, the only scenario, for everyone who doesn't remember, the only scenario was that Houston would have the number one pick unless they won and the Bears lost. The Bears that day, led by Nathan Peterman, (laughs) were playing against the Vikings, right? Vikings had a very good season, et cetera, et cetera, all that. Anyway, the games kicked off at the same time. Everybody has smartphones now right? Everybody has smartphones. So you could see what the score was. They were getting clobbered 29-13 to in the fourth quarter with three and a half left to go. Davis Mills then in the same game here that Houston was playing against the Colts who we will get to soon. He takes a sack with like two minutes left to go. It's fourth and 20 from their own like 30. And this dude throws a a pop fly into the end zone and Jordan Akins catches it. Then they can either, you know, they decide, oh no, we're not going to kick the extra point. We're going to go for the win. Slevy yep. goes for two, <laughs> and Jordan Akins catches that, and they win. <laughs> yeah, he was fired less than three hours after the game. Yep, mm-hmm. and I know, I know some Texans fans like it because hey, Jack, at least Jack Easterby's gone, so that's the part. Of oh it. yeah,
1: yeah, the dude who was who was running this whole organization? He was just like a uh, the, the chapel man or something, just like the preacher. Yeah, got the owner's ear though, mm-hmm. and he ran everybody out there and fired everybody. So yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, before, like, looking at the stats, I mean, we all know this team was not good. I mean, do you have anything to say on the 2022 Texans that, like, jumps out to you or comes to mind?
1: Damian Pierce is about it. There you go. Damian, Damian Pierce is the only guy I had him in fantasy. But then also he ran hard. Uh, I think it was, like, a fourth-round pick out of Florida. Was probably the best uh, best guy out there on that team. Especially on that offense when they really had nobody. Uh Larry Chumple, to tackle, yeah. Yeah, t- yeah. I mean, like, weapons-wise. No, still you know, players, right? Yeah, yeah still, still players, right. yeah. Larry Tunsil, of course, and he reworked and signed a brand new deal, makes him the highest tackle, highest paid tackle again. The dude just mm-hmm. keep eating, bite off the same apple. Uh, that's about it. And this O-line didn't look as bad as it did the previous years, you know? Um, other than that, man, that's it. Yeah, Parts said, of it
0: did. I think they found another tackle to go with Tunsil. But, yeah, I hear what you're saying. Like, now they got some tackles now. Sure. Yeah, they try got try some tackles. Sure. Yeah. This team last year, I mean, second fewest points per game. Second to last in yards per game. I mean, passing yards, they were 25th. Rush yards per game, they were 31st. Rush yards per game, they or per carry, they were th- also 31st. Mm-hmm. Right? Third down conversion rate, they were 31st. Scoring rate, they were 30th. I mean, do you see a trend here? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing I mean, <laughs>
1: if, there
0: was a, if, if there was, I guess, like, I don't know, something you can maybe think about is that, like, this team got a lot of turnovers last year. If you want to be on the positive note. About one and a half a game that was tied for the fifth most in the league last year. So they had some luck there. Whether or not that's going to repeat, we will, you know, it remains, remains to be seen. But pressure rate was in the 20s. They were 18th in sacks and second most missed tackles in the NFL last season. As we look at their staff, newly hired head coach D'Amico Ryans. You like this hire, correct?
1: I like the hire of D'Amico Ryans. I don't like the fact he took the job with the Houston Texans because of all this a uh, breath. Talent they have on this team, so yeah, and the organization, more than that.
0: So you don't think he should have took it? No, I don't. Why is that?
1: Well, I mean, because you know, let's okay, third blackhead coach in three years. Um, they've been firing the last two. I don't know if he he got he, he signed a big year. I think it was like six years, like seventy million or sixty-eight million. I would have waited and tried to take a different job, but because this was the team he played for, the team he was drafted to, um, he took it from that standpoint. But I would have needed a, a lot of assurances from this uh, organization. And then also too, you're coming in from a great team and the 49ers and taking over one of the worst teams in the NFL. So uh, that's why. Uh, yeah. Here. I mean, yeah, usually kind of how it goes for
0: a head coach though. Right. I mean, usually for uh, black
1: head head coach, true. Too. I mean, I mean, not all head coaches are taking over bad teams, you know, not all, but yeah. I would
0: say most are taking over teams. my thing. Like, like we were talking about Easterby's gone. Casario's here early in his tenure. And yes, he yeah. has fired the previous two. Yeah. He did. He was the part of that, the, the, the brain trust that I could say who did that. But I think D'Amico, I, I, I feel like they're actually investing in him. I, I feel maybe that could just be my assumption of optimism, but I, I definitely feel like they, they're investing in him. And I think he's, he's worthy of being there. Everywhere he's went, he's just been respected. And it's not that we don't respect him. It's just I think that that's also perceived in front offices throughout the league.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely respect him, and it's, but it's one for of those sure, respects. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, for it's sure. It's one of those, like, damn, man, I don't want you to go to such a terrible situation to start off with. You know, I wish, wish there was more talent on this team or, like, like let's say they just missed the playoffs and the coach needed to make the playoffs to uh, get in, but he didn't, so he got fired kind of a thing. But there's, like, there's talent here, there's talent here, you know, kind of things. They just need to be able to get over the hump into the playoffs. Not, right. This is at the bottom. You're at the bottom of the division. You went. You won three games. You, it should have been two, you know. And your first coach, <laughs> and, your, and your first head coaching job. Maybe is only one
0: when they tied the Colts.
1: Exactly. Because <laughs> like,
0: like, the Texans played for the tie. Levy played for the tie.
1: So exactly. maybe only one. I don't know. So okay. <laughs> so 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 why would I want to take over a one and sixteen team? You know, like it's my first go. Okay, like, all right, like, like, they got, they got a
0: lot coming in. They got a lot change. I mean, I, I hear you, but I feel like th- this just—they gonna right. a lot. And I feel like that's why also, I, I feel like Casario is not going to get to the point to where he's going to just fire another guy. He's going to start to try to build something. The way they invested, they got rid of Deshaun Watson. They really tooled up in the draft this year, which we'll get to yeah. soon. But before we do that, look at the rest, the rest of the coaching staff. Bobby Slowick in his first year, offensive coordinator coming over from the Niners as well. He was a Shanahan guy while Mike McDaniel in 2021 was coordinating a lot of the run game along with Kyle. Slowik was the guy who was on like his, you know, his, his on his shoulder in the passing game. So,
1: okay.
0: yeah, be, be be cool to see uh, what he can do. Uh, passing game coordinator, Ben McDaniels in his second year on the squad. He is the little brother of Josh McDaniels yeah. coaching game or coaching the passing game. He's coached wide receivers. He's been offensive coordinator, he's coached quarterbacks. Been doing it in the NFL since '09. Uh Senior offensive assistant. Assistant. I really wanted to highlight this man. Bill Laser. Mm-hmm. 25 years of offensive experience. Are, are you familiar with him at all?
1: Yeah, I am. I remember him. I, I remember the name specifically. I think, didn't he coach in Cincinnati for a bit? Mm-hmm. Or something like mm-hmm. that? Yeah. So, yeah, that's exactly where I remember him from. I remember it wasn't another, like, the Carson Palmer years, but also kind of a little bit of, uh, or was it the uh, Andy Dalton years? Dalton years, yeah. Dalton years, yeah. So, I remember him. From that, Bill Laser. I remember I kept hearing a Bill Laser. This Bill Laser really has this Bill Laser. Yeah. yeah, I remember
0: the name. He's an awesome offensive coach. I've always yeah. like, like I've always been. I find myself, oh, what's that? What are they doing? And then I dig in. Yeah. Oh, Bill Lazor's a part of it. When yeah. he was with Miami, when he was with Chicago, like you said with Cincy. So yeah, he's on there now as just a senior offensive assistant. Somebody that D'Amico and Slowick can just, hey, like, bro, yeah. you seen this type of coverage? What do you do? Well, I do this. I do that. I do this. You know what I mean? Like, awesome dude to have on your staff. Defensive coordinator, Matt Burke. First year with the team. He has 20 years of NFL coaching experience. The pass game defensive coordinator going to Corey Unlin. First year with his team. He came over from San Francisco with D'Amico Ryans. Linebackers coach, Chris Kiffin. First year with the team. Previously a pass rush, uh, pass rush coach with the Niners in 2018 and 2019 with D'Amico. Spent a couple years in Cleveland. He is Monty Kiffin's younger son and therefore the younger brother to Lane Kiffin.
1: Mm. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, I know the last name looked familiar, but I'm like, what? I, okay. That's good. Okay. Yep. Good bloodline mm-hmm.
0: in there. Good bloodline. Yep. So, yeah. Uh, the only person that D'Amico didn't really bring over on the defensive side of the ball carrying a title is Dino Vasso, who's the cornerback coach. He's been there for three years. But other than that, like, they like this is another indication to me that they're investing in him. He yeah. brought in his dudes. This is a whole landscape type of change from a coaching perspective. They also invested in some some decent enough free agents. And also had some nice draft picks, which we'll get to next. If we were to talk about, let's start with the draft because it's just kind of a little minor switch up. Do you have any thoughts on their draft? Do you think CJ Stroud starts in year one? Where are you at
1: with that? Uh, we talk about this off air, but yeah, I think CJ Stroud starts from day one. Um, I don't think they're gonna put Davis Mills back out there again and kicks Keenum. Like usually, a lot of uh defensive minded coaches want their rookie quarterback, especially when you take them that high. Like, well, we took him this high, we got him, put him out there. Um. Hopefully, some of the weapons they have, like John John Mechie comes back from, what was that? I think it was like lymphoma, I believe lymphoma, he had. Lymphoma, yeah, yeah. uh, Robert Woods comes back healthy. I remember he, he tore his ACL two years ago. He was with the Titans last year. Didn't do much. Did him, not look so. like himself. Yeah, at all. So maybe he'll re- return to form. Uh, Noah Brown from the from the Cowboys, I know. It's uh, Tank Dell, Nico Collins. Uh, Dalton Schultz, which is super interesting that they picked him up. Uh, he came over and and he didn't even come over much. I think it sounds like seven point five million or something like that. It seemed like he just wanted mm-hmm. to stay, uh, stay in Texas. You know, get that free, free tax. You know, on it. Um,
0: <laughs> this yeah. is a good pickup, man. That Dalton Schultz pickup yeah. is a good pickup. Like, if he can
1: yeah. stay healthy, definitely, yeah. Yeah, that's like he he
0: head. is a he is a quarterback's friend as a tight yeah. end. Like you know the, the old adage of a quarterback's best friend is a tight end. I think but the yeah, quarterback's definitely. best friend is a good tight end, and that's exactly. what Dalton Schultz is. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it's it's funny you just took the one year deal, but I was I was just super shocked that he went to the Texans in the first place. Like you went here, but it shows he just probably wanted to stay in Texas. Like I said before. Um, and I'm just seven and a half. I thought he would have resigned with Dallas for that same amount. But hey, who knows? Um, looking at their draft, or do you want to get an off season?
0: Oh, you keep going. You can keep going. I, I mean, think, like yeah, you were mentioning really guys nice. that that they added, but yeah, keep yeah. going. Like you can go into the draft too. Like we had asked about, I'd asked about it a little bit earlier, and you yeah. had said that you defensive coaches prefer to start the first rounder. There is some credence to that. I, I definitely see the, like that, like that, that train of thought. We've seen it play out before that way in the NFL. Do you think
1: they like if you were the coach, would yeah. you start CJ Stroud? Initially I would have to see training camp, but probably not immediately. Just cause I want to see like uh they don't have like a lot of veteran. Well, Robert Woods is there, but he's not the same. So I want to see how the receiving core is looking like and how this mm-hmm. offensive line comes together, especially Damian Pierce coming into a second year. And usually I want my uh quarterbacks to succeed immediately. So I would let I would have C J Stroud like, hey, you you gonna let's compete kind of, but also kind of like leaning towards you might be the number two for the first few weeks coming in just mm-hmm. to see how this offense like forms. And you got like a brand new office coordinator as well. So I don't want Also, this is the Houston, Texans who threw David Carr to the wolves and he got sacked 76 times.
0: Right. But and I don't it's... think we're looking at that. I don't think we're looking yeah. at a line like, like
1: that. But I'm <laughs> like, if, if I'm the organization, I'm like, Hey, last time we took a guy number one, overall, we didn't handle him with kid gloves and he got the football knocked out of him. So I will look at it from that point. Cause like I was, I don't say, think that's the same topic. scenario. Yeah. Don't, but I would just, like, I wouldn't start him immediately, but I would look heavily into the preseason to see how he does. And also okay. with three preseason three preseason game, three preseason games versus four, I'm just like, hmm, let me see how this goes. But I always give it towards the veteran just so he can get knocked up. I mean, not knocked up. He can get knocked out or get beat up before I let my uh, that's quarterback. That's what happens when you don't
0: have protection. You get knocked up. <laughs> exactly. You, hey, that's what happens,
1: man. Literally, you get knocked up when you don't have protection. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I mean, I know Larry Tutzel was there, just resigned. But you know, now everybody protecting him, protecting CJ Stroud. Up there, he might get knocked up.
0: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I I would definitely. I would. I mean, that, we were talking about this. My I don't have a blanket statement over starting quarterbacks, later rookies, or yeah. benching quarterbacks that are rookies. You have to assess what you have in training camp, and like you were yeah. saying, assess them in preseason. And I definitely think this this staff is smart enough. Not to just throw him out there if it's not going to be like feasible. Like when the Dolphins threw Tua out there behind that terrible offensive line, that was a mistake.
1: Yeah. But like, it's that-
0: not that Tua wasn't like ready and they wanted to give him reps. Like obviously, we saw last year, Tua healthy with just a not terrible offensive line, which is what they were last year. And of course, dangerous, crazy weapons and a dope coach. He can do a lot. But I think with Stroud this year, you know, we'll see. But I think once we get to week one, I think he's going to be the guy under center. I would be surprised if that's not the case. I would. Overall, with their ads, uh, you had mentioned some good ones. The other ones I want to highlight, Jimmy Ward coming over, the safety from the Niners. D'Amico brought his guy, 47% uh, snaps last year for that squad. Uh, He's dealt with injuries at times as a Niner fan. A A lot of the Niner gang knows that. But he has some versatility in the fact that he can play nickel. He can play safety. And he'll also be a person that can, like, help with the learning curve for a lot of the new dudes that are on this defense, mm-hmm. the Devin Singletary's mm-hmm. and the Jalen Petrie's and the guys like that. So that's, that's really going to help out there. If we look even further to the offensive line, I think bringing in Shaq Mason, the right guard from Tampa, huge. Yeah. Yeah. Huge, bro. Yeah. That addition, yeah. like, I can't I can't stress that enough because we I, I think their tackles are set. Titus Howard on the right side, Tunzel on the left is elite. Like, let's go. Uh also brought in Corey Littleton, Denzel Perriman, the kind of pair of Christian Kirksey, a, a set of veteran linebackers that are at least smart, if nothing else, and, yeah. and should be able to plug in and not, you know, have as many leaks as maybe the unit did before offensively, uh, or not offensively, but the people they lost, the people that are gone. Obo O'Karanquo is kind of the only one, apart from Brandon Cooks that I'm I'm looking at really. He's an edge player that went to Cleveland. He was a nice rotational rusher. And they definitely need pass rush help. And we'll see if Will Anderson, who they selected in the first round out of Alabama, can go ahead and replace that. But mm-hmm. I, I think he was an awesome prospect. We had talked about him before. Mm-hmm. And, and him next to Jerry Hughes, I mean, that's kind of something to work with. So yeah, it is. That's kind of something to work with. Uh, they also drafted Tank Dell, wide receiver out of Houston, who you mentioned. They got Juice Scruggs at the center out of Penn State. And before we move to our expectations of this team this year, I got I to highlight something that kind of jumped out to me. Okay. So they traded Brandon Cooks,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right, to Dallas. And with that move, Brandon Cooks ties Eric Dickerson as the most traded player in the history of the league.
1: <laughs> <sighs> Those are two totally different personalities and Brandon Cooks and Eric Dickerson. But that right? definitely says something about Brandon Cooks being traded this much. And I don't even know why. He's a solid... Right? Like player. just plug this guy in for like when yeah. I mean, he was in his prime, right. like
0: a thousand, and now like yeah. eight fifty, nine hundred, nine fifty. Like, you want him to be a Z? Cool. You want him to get some yak? Cool. You want him to go deep? Cool. You want him to be like he's he's just a like no team gets this dude on their receiving corner. Is like, damn, why do we get Brandon Cooks?
1: Exactly. Anyway.
0: Anyway. Um, Texans, uh, for this year, what are your expectations for this squad as they go ahead and turn the tide over to this regime, this group of people, as they are rebuilding.
1: Man, I'm thinking maybe, probably four wins. Man, I'm not confident in this team at all. Four wins.
0: Vegas but. has them at six and a half.
1: Yeah, that's too high.
0: <laughs> okay,
1: <laughs> and I love, uh, and I and I love uh, D'Amico Ryan. So I, I even have his Philadelphia Eagles jersey too. Like this is one of a guy who I really like too. But it's just this team. There's a they live a lot to be more, to lot to be desired, and this is still year one of this rebuild that they have to go through. But sound like they've been rebuilding for like the last three years, basically. But um, I feel like D'Amico will get this team right, um, and he just has to acquire more talent. I'm gonna see half after this year and going into next year all season moves in the draft. Then I'll probably see him making like a, win a few more games. Right now, uh, I'm not high on this team at all.
0: Dang. Four wins. Do you think we see improvement from them defensively and like off like off like do they do they get better than last year? But maybe their yes. their win total. I mean, yeah, you think so?
1: I think they get better than last year. I think definitely in this defense probably plays better than last year as well. We still have to see how the how the running game gets better in the O line. I mean, like you said, last year they they had a bunch of turnovers. Uh, they have Derek Stingley over there at 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 corner. Uh, jimmy Ward coming in to really try to set the tone uh being like a hard hitter but it's still um receiving wise i want to see how it is and you're going to bring in a rookie, right you see this crowd. The he's going he's gonna to be struggling too so it's going to he's going to make mistakes so then that's why i'm like okay it's just a lot going on that i'm not especially like thinking a lot of wins will happen you know
0: okay all right uh for me i'll, I'll start on the defensive side of the ball um D'Amico, his, his coverage appetite last year, primarily cover two team. Well, I yeah, he ran. He was cover three, cover two, the two of the three most coverages that he he ran. So last year he was 12th in cover two, 8th in cover three, 11th in quarters. The Texans last year under Levy, we all know that Levy just loves himself some cover two. So <laughs> they'll be well versed in that. But I think D'Amico is going to bring some diversity that'll at least help this group take another leap and be able to help them help them make a jump i like this secondary i do i do I, this is a good mix of young players and veterans i see depth there i see options as far as when it comes to oh okay uh who do i want to play on the slot i could play Jalen petrie there but honestly i'd probably play him at safety with who's on this roster since jonathan owens left i could play tavier thomas i could play desmond king like you, you've you got options there and you've got young ones, veterans, you know, like I was saying earlier. And then if someone goes down on the outside, Steven Nelson has been a starter for the last eight, nine years in the league and has just never, he's never been horrible. He hasn't yeah. been great, but like yeah. he's been starting level corner. Like that, you could say he's, a, he's, he's average, right? He, play, he and, played
1: my Eagles two years ago. So yeah. Yeah.
0: Like he, he's an, like he's not a liability. That's kind of what you can only ask for corners. nowadays. Just Don't be a liability. Don't be at Stephen Nelson is definitely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Stephen Nelson is definitely not asked, like for sure, right? He's, he's out of Oregon State. I remember him, and but he's now like just a depth piece, a backup guy, or someone to compete with if Shaq Griffin, who they acquired from the Jags, doesn't work out, like, or he, if he gets hurt, like he recently did last year with Jacksonville. So I mean, there's a lot of different ways you can go in this secondary, and someone like D'Amico to come in and really like push these guys to the right direction. I'm here for it, bro. I, I really am. You pair Will Anderson with Jerry Hughes, bro. Off, I I looked this up. How many seasons right now do you think? What what year in the league is this for Jerry Hughes? If you had to guess,
1: I'm gonna say probably like 14th. He's around. He was around. Did you, did you so
0: research it? Did you research it? Because you're exactly. I did right. not. I did not. I did <laughs> not. You, you, bro, nail on the head. <laughs> 14th <laughs> he, season.
1: He's been around since the paid Manning years, man. And that uh, is, I threw it out there because I was like, I know it's probably more than 10. It's not 11. I'm just going with
0: 14. <laughs> 14th season. Bro, like just and still productive.
1: Yeah, you can still like give he, you probably five and a half to eight sacks. Last year, he got nine. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, come on. Like,
0: he was 19th among edge rushers last year in, in in pressures, right? He was top five in QB hurries last year at like 35 years old, right? Like yeah. 14th in pass rush win rate. Like, Jerry Hughes is like, he's just over there being a good edge rusher. That's all. But because he's on the Texans, most people miss him. Now you pair Will Anderson with him. You pair someone like D'Amico and kind of what they got going on over there. Again, man, I'm like, I'm here for that. So there's reasons to be excited about this defense. Let's see if they can put it together. Offensively, I do think the reason also why you kind of want, why I would start CJ Stroud, again, provided he looks what we expect him to, is that he brings mobility to a position last year or that currently didn't have any, With Davis Mills. He didn't have any. And if we're going to talk about like offensive line inefficiencies that are definitely there at a couple of positions. I want a guy who can at least use his legs to evade those things and maybe negate some of those downturns. And I think Stroud is definitely the dude on the team to do that. And there's a lot of things that we've seen him do well so far. So I think he starts week one. I think it'll pan out. Damian Pierce, you mentioned him, man. You had him in fantasy football last season. That dude's a stud. That dude's a beast fifth in missed tackles for us last year, eighth in yards after contact per rush. And you also mentioned the wide receiver core. And that unit is, they don't, they need a true number one. Yeah. And they don't have that. Yep. Like, I mean, we, I think this year is a test to see if maybe Nico Collins can actually be a number two, you know, disguised as a number one this year, kind of with what they have. Schultz will be a nice little blanket if he can stay healthy, like you said. But between Tank Dell and John Mechie, those are small guys that we haven't seen anything from who we both liked as college prospects to a degree. So that'll be nice to check out. But uh, Laramie Tunzel is elite on that left side. And uh, Juice Scruggs is the addition to the offensive line this year who was not there last year. He was uh, one of the draft picks that they had. I want to say he went to – was it Penn State
1: that he went to last year? I think so. Yeah, I think so.
0: Yeah. Or Ohio State. Oh, this is bad podcasting. Don't know where he even went. <laughs> I do. I will not lose. <laughs> <laughs> Penn State. There we go. Pick 62 yeah. in the second round. I didn't have that high of a grade on him. Now I remember. Yeah. and But he's going to likely be starting at that spot. The one area that I, that I mentioned earlier on that offensive line, though, that's kind of, you know, sieve-like. Kenyon Green last year. He struggled. The rookie. I liked him as a prospect. We'll see if he can turn it around in his second yeah. season. But that guy allowed the seventh most pressures of any lineman in the NFL. And there were 110, 109 dudes who played more snaps than him on the offensive yeah. line. and He was still that high and pressures allowed. So I got this team at six wins. All right. Got him at six, six to that six, seven range. If I had to pick one number between six and seven under the Vegas line is that six and a half. I'm going under by a half a game. Uh, yeah. Six wins for this team. I think we see some things start to turn around. And as then they get to their next season under D'Amico. We see a little bit of a turnaround start to occur. The Colts, then, in that case. What did you think of this team last year? Where were you at on the uh, the Colts in 2022?
1: I mean, well, if I take a quick uh, refresher back to last year when we did, uh, uh, yeah, we did. the AFC South, I believe that uh, this team wouldn't do too well because I wasn't sold on Matt Ryan. But I was uh J-ing mm-hmm. Jay and, and, and you, man, yeah, Jordan, y'all was giving me a hard time. Said, nah, man, the left tackle situation good. And, you know, Michael Pittman had 1,100 yards. And I was like, yeah, I'm not sold. I'm not sold. Alex Pierce was a nice pickup, but I was like, still, I was like, I feel like this is going to be a very Jonathan Taylor team again. Even though I loved Carson Wentz and stuff like that, I was still like, I don't know. It, 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 it still left me a lot more to be desired because I was like, I know he could turn the ball over and stuff. And then he I remember sure I already heard before <laughs> he heard that uh, – yeah, I was like he, – and he turned – yeah, so – or no, my yeah, so Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan was quarterback last year. And I remember I was just like uh, – I thought Matt Ryan was cooked. Thought he was cooked. Oh, you remember because we talked about this. I said Carson Wentz had a better arm – was I better, had, had a better arm yeah. than Matt De- Ryan.
0: And I, huh? I had to – I remember I had to define it as like yeah. – I was like one yeah. has a po- more powerful and one has more oh. accurate. And you guys were like, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, you disagreed, yeah. and then you agreed. Yeah. It was like, one has a better arm, the younger arm, but Matt Ryan's more accurate. But I'm like, at this point, how good is his accuracy if I felt like his arm is cooked? And we saw. We
0: <laughs> he was we cooked. Did.
1: And then Taylor got hurt, and then pff, they, go to, they go to their whole offense. Michael Piven didn't step up as much. Uh, Alex Pierce. I feel like the they were just limited by how bad Matt
0: Ryan was.
1: Yeah, and that yeah. line took a step
0: back, and there was no the running game. Step back. Yeah, Everything But was no, bad. I I was on it even more than Jay. I lost a bet to Jay on the Colts <laughs> last year. <laughs> that's how bad I. That's how bad my assumption of this team was. I thought this yeah. Colts team. I want to say I picked them to win the division.
1: Yeah.
0: I remember I had the Jags second. Ooh. I remember I was the highest on the Jags out of all yeah. of us and you guys thought I was crazy. So I got that W. Yeah. Yeah. But like oh yeah, I I I I missed. That was my biggest miss of the year was my estimation of the Colts. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd be remiss if I didn't talk
1: about um what week was that? week 15 they gave up that 34 lead to the Vikings that that week week
0: 15 versus Minnesota yeah (laughs) they blew a 33 to nothing halftime lead to the Vikings thus resulting in the biggest comeback we have ever seen in NFL history crazy and yeah I mean this team spent they went three five and one with Frank Reich and after a November 7th loss to the Patriots uh 26 to 3 by the way uh they fired Frank Reich and hired Jeff Saturday as an interim head coach. And he only From won ESPN. one game.
1: From ESPN. From ESPN. Didn't he beat your Raiders?
0: Bro, why you like, why, why you gotta game. like why you gotta like why you gotta do that? No, I was trying to I was trying to
1: make sure. <laughs> You're I, was right. to make sure. I was I was gloating a bit, but then also I was trying to remember too. I was like, wasn't that wasn't that the same week? And then that's what kinda I felt like spiraled you guys out of control. But yeah.
0: I was going I was going to mention it. I got I got to talk about. It. I mean, it's obvious. Like, he only won one game. I can't yeah. just not
1: say like I mean,
0: that would yeah. clearly be a remission. <laughs> yeah. You know. Yeah. <laughs> team was 2 and 6 at home, 2 and 6 and 1 on the road and 0 oh and 5 in non-conference. Last year this team was 17th in points per game or 17 points per game, 30th in the ranks. They were 27th in yards per game. They had the most turnovers in the NFL. And if I was to sum up the Colts last year, it would be to describe their turnover rate. And they had a 16.9% turnover rate, right? Last year in the NFL, the average drives that a team got per game was 10.8, right? 17% of that means that there was about just a shade under two turnovers a game. And if you have 10.9, 10.9, basically it's called it 11. If you have 11 drives per game and it's just about two turnovers, that means roughly every half, give or take, you fumbling the ball or throwing a pick every half. <laughs> like, that's what they did last year. And it was just, it was pitiful. Yeah. But if we're going to talk about optimism, let's move to the coaching staff. Let's move to the coaching staff. Let's go there. Let's look at what they're gearing up with this year. Chris Ballard in his seventh year as the GM for this team. And they bring over first-year head coach, Shane Steichen.
1: I'm mad about this, hire.
0: Talk, as a, as, a, as a Philly fan, talk about the type of person that they're getting over there in Indy.
1: Well, so uh, for those uh, who've been following uh, the Cover Zero podcast, Shane Steichen took over two years ago when uh, our head coach, Nick Sirianni, got hired. In Phil- he uh, took
0: over in Philadelphia, to clarify.
1: He took over Philadelphia the play calling. He took over the play calling. When Nick Sirianni was hired, Nick Sirianni was calling the plays, so I think about like the first half or like the first five or six weeks, uh, Shane he gave the play calling over to Shane Steichen, and the play calling became a lot more balanced. We stopped passing as much. And then we start, and then Jalen Hurts went on a run. He followed that up with last season, Jalen Hurts improved a lot. But then also he, the play calling uh, led to Jalen Hurts looking like a super MVP, looking super good. Both of them grew as a play caller. He grew as a quarterback as well. So the Indianapolis Colts are getting a hell of a uh, of a coach who recognizes um, uh, the strengths of the quarterbacks, recognizes the strengths of the team, uh, mixed in a lot of the uh, RPOs but also goes to his play uh his big playmakers aj brown had a great year devontae smith had a great year so you you'll see a lot of that happening where even though this this team had a terrible year last year he'll still try to lean on who's the best um probably a lot of the ground game with jonathan taylor because michael michael pittman needs to have a bounce back here but then also uh we'll get into the quarterback situation and who they have but they're getting an amazing coach from the standpoint. Also, they have a great defense over there, too, in Indy. So how do you keep your defense off the field? You run the ball. All right? So Shane Steichen is a great head coaching hire. Uh, uh, he I remember we was doing is, the the, yeah, was doing the, uh, the NFC North a few weeks ago, and the offensive coordinator for the Lions always kept – I know it's not Bob ben Johnson. Johnson. Ben Johnson. Uh, love Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson staying in the with the Lions was a he, probably the best offseason move for them, and us leaving us meeting the Eagles, leave, losing Shane Steichen was probably the biggest offseason loss for us. But it's a great addition for the Miami Dolphins.
0: You prop, dang! I wonder. Huh, I'm trying to I'm, I'm i'm trying to think of a move that might have been more more detrimental to a squad and from a coaching standpoint. And I, I don't have an answer right now. So that's a really yeah. good point. Yeah. I, I don't have an answer right now. I didn't even think about it from that point. But, like,
1: yeah,
0: but yeah I'm, still, I'm still Stonewall. That's, that's an awesome point because <laughs> I think the thing with him, man, you, you, you Stonewall, you didn't ask the question, I asked myself. But, damn, you did <laughs> it, <bro>. Fire. <laughs> yeah.
1: Uh,
0: but I think the thing with him, too, that a lot of, not, not, not you, obviously, you broke him down amazingly. Yeah. I think a lot of people forget what he did even before he got to Philly. Right. He took over offensive coordinator uh, duties for the Chargers in 2019. And they they I think it was. Yeah, it was. A se- it was a season. They fired Ken Wisenhunt. Right. At I can't mm-hmm. remember exactly when it was. And I remember that season. Cause mm-hmm. it
1: was the, yeah. Yeah. Because the offense looks still stalling. Yeah. Yep, yep. Offense
0: was stalling. He was promoted to the uh, full time offensive coordinator in 2020. And that was when Herbert actually won rookie of the year. and had the second most all-time rookie passing yards uh, when he actually even ended up starting the season on the bench and that whole Tyrod Taylor Mm -hmm. thing where the the doctor punctured his lung and then Herber had to go in in like week three or four against Kansas City and went toe-to-toe with Mahomes in his first game. And Shane Steichen was the guy calling plays there and took that offense to a top 10, top 10 unit. Er, he He was the architect of it. So, yeah, I think shane i've i've just to do everywhere he's went he's got this midas touch on offense and i want to see if he, he can continue that there in indianapolis offensive Herber coordinator looked, what's up what's Herber up looked
1: be- herbert looked his best to me under shane syken too. that absolutely year. I mean, anthony lynn they fired anthony lynn but i felt they should have kept him and and shane syken would have still been on that offense too like he was an amazing play caller for them instead of the the Nick and Doug play caller who they had, but eventually got fired. But I'll said, anyway, yeah. offensive coordinator, Jim Bob. Offensive coordinator
0: is Jim Bob Cooter. Yeah, you remember him? That, yeah, how could I you do. forget that name? I mean, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. His uh, first year with the squad. Been an NFL coach since 2009. Quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, offensive consultant, running back coach. I remember when he was the OC for Detroit, and just the that was kind of when like social media was at its like infancy. And people were just, like, using his name, you know, as Internet can do in different ways and things like that just to create these comedy trains. I loved it. Their receiver coach this year in his second season, Reggie Wayne, former NFL wideout for the Colts. Everyone knows that guy. Played for the team for 14 years. Tony Sperano Jr., is their offensive line coach. He is obviously the son of Tony Sperano. But Mm -hmm. in his 13th year uh, coaching in the NFL right now, Defensive coordinator is Gus Bradley. His second year doing so for Indianapolis. This guy's been an NFL coach since 2006. Uh, Monty Kiffin, Pete Carroll guy. Ron Milas has been a Gus Bradley guy. If he ever gets that, will be like if Ron Milas ever gets a job somewhere, which isn't too as a DC, which isn't too far out of the range, depending on kind of what happens. But he's been with Gus since 2017, and Gus is widely respected around the NFL, and he is a very, very, very I would say high end assistant coach in terms of calling and teaching, like the, the principles of cover three and match match coverage and stuff like that. Cato June is an assistant linebacker is an assistant linebacker coach right now. Sure. And he's a former eight year NFL vet first year uh, in the NFL and had po- coached in college since 2020 or er, 2016. And Mike Mitchell, 10 year NFL safety. Yep. Assistant DP coach. This whole staff, bro. I like it.
1: Yeah, me too. That's too. Mm-hmm. I like a, I like a lot of it. It's a, a mixture of uh, vets. Uh he kept on uh, Gus Bradley, which I always feel like is good as a first year head coach. You need uh a bunch of guys with a lot of experience. You brought in some young guys in Cato June, Mike Mitchell. Reggie Wayne was on the staff last year, it was his first year in coaching. But uh, uh there's a lot of vets and a lot of knowledge on this staff. A lot of mm-hmm. young, but a lot of old too. There's so when good like, mix. you mix. Know, like a good mix. mix. Good mix, too. Like, that's what you need. Like, the running back, DeAndre Smith, he, 24 years of experience, linebackers, linebackers, oh, running and game coordinator, Richard Mostly, Smith, like, what,
0: 20, I think 20 years straight up of running backs for DeAndre Smith, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just yeah. crazy. Cam Turner, uh, quarterbacks coach, 14 what?
0: years. What? I, I wasn't familiar with Nick Turner. Are you at all?
1: Cam Turner? Uh, oh, Cam Turner, my bad. I'm not, but... Uh, 14 years of experience is, is pretty good to me. You know, <laughs> like that's. Okay. uh, oh, Yeah. So it's You've uh, been doing it's this for making... a
0: long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, to look to the free agency, we'll, we'll go there first. Um, this team, do you think there was anyone that they lost that's necessarily going to be tough to replace?
1: Oh, maybe Yannick. <laughs> Or maybe Bobby Okereke. O- 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 K- 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 Bobby
0: Okereke or Okereke yeah. or Okereki. I've heard it both ways. But I've heard yeah, both too. Two, uh, Yeah, that's that's a good way to point out. Um, yeah, that, that's good. I, I'm I'm with you there. I'm with you
1: there. Uh, especially because Bobby. I'll just say Bobby instead of <laughs> his last name. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he, was like a, he was healthy a lot of times, making a lot of those tackles I've seen over the last few years. Especially as Shaquille uh, Shaquille Barrett has been hurt these last few years. Had uh, I think he had like. He had back surgery going into the last year or something yeah. like that. And mm-hmm. it's like ever since um he got that big deal, he hasn't been able to stay healthy, which I want him to return back to form because he's honestly top five linebacker in the game. When fully healthy, probably top two or top three, but it's been so long that at this point, I don't know where he is at that point, but we if he returned to form. I mean, I think his rookie year, he had like 200 tackles. So the man is ridiculous. Um, Yannick gave him uh, a needed pass rush, but Still not a great pass rusher. I feel like Yannick is always good for like eight to nine sacks, but he's never like the number one guy. He's like, he usually want to have him beat the guy on the opposite guy, opposite side of the guy, you know, kind of. Right, like right, right, that. right, but, right,
0: um, right. Yeah, exactly. I hear you with that. Definitely like a, like a, like a, you love him as a secondary pass rusher. Like when we yeah. had him opposite of Max Crosby, that's yeah. when our defensive, our pass rush was at the best.
1: Yeah. Cause if the other that's guy's getting weird. double, it's like, I can take these one-on-ones kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. that's – and that's usually how you want him. You Like, if you have him being, like, the main guy and he's d- double team. like, he, it won't work out. Because uh, he's also – I don't think he's great against the run either. He's not very stout. So, he's usually more of, like, just basically a pass rusher. Like, I can do some run, but I'm not going to, like, set the edge, you know. Like, you know, if they run towards me, I'm not going to be able to, like, blow it up and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. so. Mm-hmm. That's probably the two major losses. Like the other first I was like Paris Campbell, but he really never really did much for the Colts. Uh a lot of people was high on that. I think you and Jay was high on him coming out of Ohio State, but I was so I wasn't
0: that big on Paris Campbell.
1: Oh, you wasn't? Okay. No,
0: not really. Oh. Not particularly.
1: Yeah. I remember that was the main name that I heard when he was coming out, like from Ohio State. Like I didn't hear Terry McLaurin. I heard Paris Campbell was like as like one of the guys in like just the speed and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. really hasn't worked out. And it's funny how Terry McLaurin was the other guy. And that dude's a baller. So um, yeah. Uh they signed Taven Bryan, who's like a good run stopper, Matt Gay. Yeah. Coming over from and Cleveland. They got Gardner yeah. From, Gardner from Eagles, so, so yeah. He's uh yeah. he's a good veteran to have on your team, a good rah rah guy. And uh reminds me a lot of Jeff Garcia. Like Jeff Garcia light, you know?
0: I see so. I can see that. I can see that. They also add Samson Ebicom, the edge from the Niners. He comes over after playing 52% of the snaps over there in San Francisco. Again, you just you see these these D'Amico guys going all throughout yeah. different places yep. through, you know, yep. where they've been. Pharaoh Brown, tight end, who also was from the Browns, comes over. He played 30% of the snaps from them. Former Oregon Duck. shout out to Pharaoh Brown. Uh Rashad Perriman, man, still collecting checks. Like your draft class, your, your draft ranking, your size, yeah. and your speed sometimes never leaves you. And because of that, Brashad Perriman is just set up himself for life, his kids for life because of that. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you mentioned Minshew. Another one that I kind of want to point to, though, is a couple of corners who are not there at the moment. One of them being Stephon Gilmore, who went over to Dallas.
1: Right, right. Huge one, yeah.
0: Isaiah one. Rogers. It was a corner for them last year. He was suspended indefinitely.
1: Yeah, because yeah, he, yeah. He's
0: the guy that played. So we, this is something that's kind of been circling around the NFL now is a topic of betting on the league. And when you're a player in betting and there's a lot of bullshit behind it because we all see yeah. the, hey, watch the NFL and all these different betting companies Draft making Kings. it making money and all that DraftKings yeah. and all that. Right. But, bro, if you're going to my thing is, sure. Yeah, we should we need to change that. Cool. Let's let's just change that. OK. But while it's in place, just. Just give your man some money. <laughs> like, yeah. we're good. But this dude placed hundreds of bets.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was so many and, different bets. It was like, and, it was up to 80 bets. Yeah, like hundreds of bets. Or I remember... Over a hundred. Did,
0: like did he bet on the NFL?
1: Uh, I, I
0: don't know what he bet on is the thing. Some of these other guys, was, you, you found what they bet on. Like, some of these guys, yeah. as stupid as it is, have not even bet on the NFL... They, they aren't betting on NFL anything, and then they're also yeah. betting within, the, within the, the laws of the city in which they play, but because yeah. they were on their phone in the locker room.
1: They were in a facility, yeah.
0: I mean, that, that is just insane to me. But
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, but anyway, he, Isaiah, to get back to the Colts here, Isaiah Rogers could be suspended indefinitely, and we'll see yeah. kind of how that plays out. They also lost Rodney McLeod, so there's some turnover that's going to occur in that secondary. Let's yeah. move on to this draft. I like this draft class a lot. I do. Yeah, I do. They took Anthony Richardson in the fourth, with the 4th overall pick in the first round. They took Julius Brents in the second round, corner out of Kansas State. Big physical freak. They took my favorite, my personal favorite offensive player in this draft. My personal favorite, not the best, who's going to be the greatest, but my personal favorite, Josh Downs, wide yeah. receiver out of North Carolina. At 79th overall, I had this guy as a fringe first rounder. I, I had him as a second round grade on him, but I could see a team like towards the yep. bottom end of the first, like sneaking up and picking him. And to get him at 79, I just think that's an amazing pick. I think he slots in perfectly as the slot, no pun intended. But
1: yeah. Yeah, he was a name I've heard a lot during the draft. Uh, Jobber, I kept hearing the name of Josh Downs. Josh Downs. And I heard like he was like most people looked at him as a second round pick. So to get great value for him in the third, definitely mm-hmm. a great pick. Uh yep. shout out uh shout out Daniel Scott. They got him in the fifth round out of California. I always got a shout out uh Cal UC Berkeley guys. That's my that's my favorite school. 150 um, overall. <laughs> yep. And then um also Cal always puts out good safeties. That's the one. Good safeties, corners and linebackers used to be, and then O linemen. So they keep Trend going by having a safety drafted uh, in this year, which is always, mm-hmm. so, yeah,
0: yeah. No, that, that's true. That's true. They also got Darius Rush out of South Carolina. They yep. got my guy out of Timmy out of That was one of my. I remember I was high, yes. I was it, higher on was him than those people.
1: Yeah, out of Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, out of Northwestern, man. Yeah, I, I remember I wanted my Eagles to get him. It was him, and then a, or the D tackle from Pitt. And I remember, the, I'm. I don't know how to say his name, but uh, I remember I kept th- hearing that he was like second or third round. So to get him in the fourth, I was shocked. It, I was Added like, it.
0: "Yeah, yeah,
1: hundred tenth overall." Yeah, even some mock drafts I saw people putting him like at the bottom of the first.
0: Yeah, and like, like to, some people mocked him
1: to Cincinnati. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yep. Yeah. And then the, I was like, he's still on the board, and I'm looking at my Eagles. Eagles, I know we got two, three guys, but I'm like maybe we get a smaller dude like a little like nine technique you know like a, little, a little nine technique next to the Jordan Davises and other guys you know let's I let's mean keep, he played yeah. he
0: played in the interior like he was a three tech yeah. at Northwestern yeah and like exactly. they would sometimes kick out to like a four or five well, that's probably well, like yep. but like with his speed and how much ground he covers on like step to step his explosion his ferocity off the ball his like like that's yeah, I got like damn that late
1: in the draft. That surprised me. That that really surprised yeah. me. It surprised yeah. me too, man. I was just like, he's still up here because I remember I kept checking in. I'm like, he's still there. He's I said, like, when we pick a next <laughs> right? I was like, We we could get him. We could get him, you know, just yeah. like load up the D tackle, you know, and or shoot, even Andy Reid I thought he would have drafted him. He mm-hmm. used to love drafting D tackles back in Philly, so and yeah. just
0: got like guys with that athletic profile like okay he's not a D tackle but like look what he can do and let's see what we can refine yeah. him into doing right uh let's let's go into our season expectations bro um where do you have the Colts finishing uh offensively defensively what are your expectations
1: uh offensively uh if this old line can come together and Jonathan Taylor can stay healthy all year i got to win in six games six seven games i'm going to go with six because, six and a um, half
0: to over under on Vegas. So you're under?
1: I'm under. I'm gonna go with six because Anthony Richardson, who we, we haven't even mentioned uh yet, uh will be starting for this team at some point. And he's a freak of nature, but then also still he needs to improve his footwork, he needs to get better throwing more accurately. Shane Steichen's a great head coach to like help coach that with coach that for him, uh get him better and stuff. But I know this rookie's gonna hit some um some bumps in the road. And uh, Michael Pippen needs to have a rebound year. I'm not. I'm not super high on him. Uh, Pierce out of Cincinnati from last year. <laughs> hey man, I just gotta be honest. Hey, yeah,
0: just, man. I, you you've yeah. kept hey, you you've, you've yeah. kept beating the same drum.
1: Yeah. Uh, uh. So they all need to bounce back for this team to have some kind of success. But I think this is really just a running team uh, and play great defense. But I don't think they have great talent everywhere. So I got him as six wins plus the rookie quarterback. He kind of holds you back, you know, he makes mistakes and errors.
0: All right, okay, six wins. Just un- at least you know you're only a shade under where Vegas has, it, so that's nothing yeah. crazy. I could definitely see a reality where that's where that is the case. Uh, last year, if we were to look at uh, Gus Bradley returns the defensive coordinator over there, as we previously mentioned, Gus still doing his thing with his yep. single high <laughs> middle field close safety coverages. Right. When he was in Seattle, it was when he when that team was in Seattle at its peak, that was cover three or cover one. And you just had to decide which one it was. And last year, he ran single high middle field, close safety coverages at 65 percent. But the one thing I will give Gus some credit for is that his use of uh, cover four and that guy had fifteen one percent or 15.1 percent cover four rate called last year, which was 13th in the league. If Gus is go-to, he's adding some some too-high coverages in there. That shows this guy is also picking from certain parts of modern NFL coverages to adapt and use those in his uh, repertoire. And that, that was awesome. I love seeing that. Um, I think, though, in the secondary, they're mostly running the same things back. And we kind of talked about this a little bit in the free agency part of the show, but now, if we really look at it from what our expectations are, if we look at this defensive unit, no longer is Isaiah Rogers there. Stephon Gilmore went to the Cowboys, right? And now and Rodney McLeod left as well, right? So it's now on the outside when, we go into, when we're looking at Nickel, which we all know that's where the NFL spends most of their time. The outside corners are Julius Brent, the second-round pick out of KSU, and Darius Rush, their fourth-round pick out of South Carolina. We're gonna then slot. Uh, what was his, what's his name? Uh, what's the dude's name? Their slot corner. I can't uh, more Kenny Moore. I have more. as that. I'm trying to remember what's, his first name. Yeah, Kenny Moore. Yeah, Kenny say, Moore yeah. in the slot. He's been there for a long time. He's the only, he's one of the only like mainstay holdovers for many many years yep. now, right? And the question is though, is can these rookies hold up on the outside? Yep. You know, what I mean, that's what I'm kind of like looking to see. They got DeForest Buckner up front. He's dope. And yeah. I think Ebucom is going to be able to replace more or less what Yannick gave them. We'll see if Quidi Pay can continue to develop, to develop into anything further. We all love yeah. his story. But I think the type of player that he is 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 kind of solidified. You know, solid number two end, et cetera. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. So, with that, I mean, those corners holding up is going to be a big thing. Going to be a big thing. Offensively, though, this offensive line last year was bad. We talked about that. Their turnovers were very, very high. Some of that, most of that came from also a bad offensive line and Matt Ryan not being able to move and no Jonathan Taylor. But Quentin Nelson, I'm expecting a bounce back. Yeah. I'm expecting a bounce back from Quentin Nelson. He's coming off his worst season ever as a pro. He allowed more sacks in 2022 than he has over the first four years of his whole career combined. I don't necessarily think it was going to look like that. You know, so let's see if he can bounce back. That's going to be extra important with a rookie QB and kind of where they're going right now. The receiving core, I do like put downs in the slot with Pittman and Pierce outside. They also signed Isaiah McKenzie from Buffalo. And yeah. I think if when you when you got four like of him. them out there, along with some of the tight ends, who you also have in the backfield, that's some playmakers to work with. And Steichen at the helm. Yeah, I got over six and a half. Yeah. Because I got seven. <laughs>
1: yeah
0: i i I got seven i got seven i got seven wins for this squad that's kind of where i'm yeah that's where i'm falling seven wins for the colts and i think week one we do see anthony richardson starting I, i definitely do moving on now to the tennessee titans this team last year man what was your summation of the titans in
1: 2022 man a ton of injuries man well let's start off before we can get to the season um trading away aj brown to my eagles love it thank you so much tennessee love but it but a wait. dumb move Yo, loved it but a dumb move like and i was when they did that i was like is this team rebuilding was my immediate thought like then now um, they took a uh, Trailing Burks to kind of replace him, who was kind of the same build like him. But I was like, OK, I get that you drafting a guy who's like A.J. Brown. But I'm like, huh, we see receivers coming in, making impacts. But I'm like, will he be able to still make the same impact that A.J. Brown does in his rookie year? I don't know. Maybe he can development be that. But, hey, we got to wait and see. Um, and then there's a lot of injuries. Ryan Tannehill got got hurt. Uh, Derrick Henry, I think, got hurt for like a little bit and it was still coming back from that foot injury that he had. Then he missed most of the year two years ago. And then you start Ma- Malik Willis. You had uh, uh, Dobbs starting too over Malik Willis a lot of times, be- some games because Malik Willis, we just how the knock last year was just he's just not ready, he probably like a year or two away from starting. And you had him out there and you saw what it looked like when he was out there. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the left tackle who they had, Taylor LeWan, Shout out to Bustling with the boys. That's a dope podcast to listen to. He got hurt again,
0: missed and, 15 uh, games.
1: Yeah, 15 games, man. It is just nah. It it just that started. It seemed like it started the injury bug. You know,
0: it did. I mean, they started seven and three last season, typical yeah. Mike Vrabel fashion, and then they lost seven straight.
1: Yeah, All
0: right. Team went one and four when Ryan Tannehill missed missed uh, his five games. Harold Landry missed the entire season, and Autry missed four games, and Jeffrey Simmons had his ankle issue. Like, you know, I mean, all those things, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, it it ended up just being a lackluster season for this Titans team. They kind of got, kind of got a, ran into a buzzsaw of injuries, and it just derailed everything that we knew this team to be. Last year, they were the fifth lowest in points per game, third lowest in yards per game, and I mean, rushing yards, they were 13th because Derrick Henry's over there, and he's going to not just, you know, go down without a fight. Passing yards, though, third lowest per game. And the one thing that sticks out to me, if we look at the defensive side of the ball, Mm -hmm. (laughs) team was dead average okay, in points allowed per game. They were number 32 in passing yards allowed per game. And they were number one in rushing yards allowed per game. They were the best run defense and the worst pass defense if we strictly go by the yardage metric. And many metrics point to that being the same thing. You did not want to run the ball in this Titans defense. No. No, I don't. You you did not want to do that. 3.4 yards per carry allowed all year. Fewest in the entire league. Right. Mm. 0.3 less than the Niners. Like, come on now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this team, and and that also culminates in like, well, if they're this bad against the run, or this bad against the pass, and this good against the run, why would we run against them? Exactly. So that's kind of what we ended up spread them out. Let's go. That's pretty much what they did. And uh, yeah, I mean, they were the third best third down defense in the NFL overall still, despite that rating, uh, 34% conversion rate. And I mean, this team just, with those injuries, they still had that Mike Vrabel in them to where that you were not going to run this ball on us. And we'll see if Shane Bowen can turn that around this season. Looking at their staff as they speak of Shane Bowen, what's your thoughts on Mike Vrabel as a head coach?
1: I think honestly, I think Vrabel is probably one of the he's a top ten head coach. Uh, he gets a lot out. He he gets a lot out of his players. He has a great culture over there. Um, and yeah, it, it just like he like you said, he started off seven and three. Is just he seems like one of those guys who's always underrated. And he just like, huh? Titans over here uh, having a good good ass season. Two years ago, they had the best record in the league. So you, you're like damn, this dude must be uh, a great head coach. But also, I feel like at the same time, especially some of these moves, I feel like Vrabel is the type of guy who's just like, now nah, we're always going to compete instead of like, hey, we might need to rebuild this thing. Like, I remember the, coming this offseason, mm-hmm. there was a lot of rumors that um, Derek Henry was going to trade and block, and then he was going to get traded to the uh, Eagles. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, that would have been nice. And then <laughs> they didn't. And then I'm like, okay and then you bring in Tennant Hill, but then you draft a guy, and I'm just like, is this a rebuild? I feel like they're trying to, it's like, it's a it's a, it's a slight, you know how teams like we're not rebuilding, we're retooling, but it's really more of a, a rebuild kind of a thing, or so yeah, it's like, I feel like it's a two mindsets going on at the same time. You know, we're going to get younger, but we're not rebuilding. But right. maybe we should, but now nah, that's not my plan. So, you know, so yeah. hopefully this type of thing works out, otherwise you keep doing, like, keep going like down the middle and not picking one side you probably end up fired in a few years
0: <laughs> they they bring in their first year gm ron carthon uh and yeah. offensive coordinator this year is tim kelly in his first year he was previously a passing game coordinator on this squad now gets his first crack at, at doing that for this squad charles london is the pass game coordinator uh and the quarterbacks coach as well 14 years of offensive nfl coaching experience and uh, we all, who else do we have on this squad? One guy I want to look at is Shane Bowl. Because I mentioned him earlier, and I, this guy has really shown me a lot that I, from a defensive coordinator standpoint, that I really like. And his use of sim pressure, I've talked about a lot on this show, his use of the different ways he will align coverage, and particularly with quarters coverage, cover four. There's so many different ways you can play quarters and the number of ways that he will deploy it with his players is something that that i have a lot of respect for so i think he's a really good defensive coordinator and i'm excited to see what he's going to do with this unit that's kind of depleted from some parts of their talent that they normally have or at least last year because of the injuries that hit we saw them have to use different areas and we'll see if those guys coming back can fill in those voids um chris harris is the past game dc former eight year nfl vet used to play for the Bears, Carolina, and Detroit. Eleven mm-hmm. year, eleventh year in the NFL uh, coaching teams, but this is his first year with the squad. And uh, Lori Locus, defensive quality control coach, first full time female staff member in Titan history. She was previously with the Bucks and the Ravens. And yeah, defensive quality control coach. Um, for everybody listening, we have mentioned quality control. What does that like role think? What does that role entail? Just a quick thirty second bit on that. Some of the things they have those those people do is like offensive coordinator goes to you and says, hey, I need all the third down cut ups of this team we're playing soon. I need all our third down cut ups of the formations that we use. And you have to be able to know how to like splice up tape and present it that way. There's a lot of apps that the NFL has that make it much easier than some old coordinators and quality control coaches had it. But they kind of do stuff like that. You're kind of a person wearing mini hats. And doing a lot of different things that are to improve the quality of the team. So, yeah, it's a pretty interesting job. Pretty interesting role. And a lot of people are utilizing it in really interesting ways. Their free agent losses. As you look at this list, bro, which ones stand out to you?
1: Going back last year, we we go back last year, we could say A.J. Brown. But this year, let's see, man, it's I'd say Zach Cunningham, even though that's like. Because I remember two years ago, he was coming and just hitting people. Uh Taylor Wan, even though he, he he was wasn't healthy, Bud Dupree. It's like a few, cause it's but they were so beat up. So there's nothing really that sticks out like big to me because they have a few guys coming back from injury, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh
1: they they had um sorry, they had Harold Landry coming back. Um they cut Ben Jones, who uh was a center. So it's it's kind of a losses or releases, you know, kind of a thing. Like, did really so we really lose, or we let this guy go because he's costing so much money, so that they're cleaning up the cap? So, a lot of these like losses are guys who were hurt or cap casualties. So,
0: David Long, stand big time to me. David Long, junior, okay. their linebacker. He was one of my he was one of my tape gems.
1: Oh, that was another yeah. good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was yeah. one of
0: my tape gems. That he went to Miami. That guy. That guy is so good. Like, he last year, I, he didn't play a lot. Like, he had his injuries, too. and yeah. But when he was out there, man, like, he stood out so much. DeMarcus Walker. Was he, like,
1: number seven or something like that? Yeah, you know, he was, was like, he 50, 51, 56,
0: something okay. like that.
1: Okay. Yeah.
0: 51, I think. Um yeah. And um, DeMarcus Walker, who was, like, number 98, I think, for them. No, yeah. that's Simmons. Um, but anyway, like, DeMarcus Walker was yeah. a defensive lineman <laughs> for them. Yeah, yeah. And, like, he, like, both of them would just have. DeMarcus Walker didn't play a lot. He was a rotational guy. I think he's going to end up being the best defensive lineman that the Bears have. But, I mean, what is that type of title, considering what the Bears roster looks like (laughs) in comparison (laughs) to the rest of the NFL? Um, But, yeah, I think those are the ones that kind of jump out to me, mostly. The addition, I mean, obviously, DeAndre Hopkins coming over from Arizona in a free agency ad that kind of contributes to this team, just being that they're the type of organization that is not really just going to lean into a rebuild. Yep, They're not looking to just tank. Like Mike Vrabel only knows compete and try to win, Mm -hmm. and they don't Mm -hmm. want to steer him away from that. And I Mm got to respect that. I I really got to respect that. And Ron Carton, the new GM, I feel like is aware of that too. The quarterback situation is kind of an interesting one. They, of course, to look to their draft, they brought in Will Levis in the second round, quarterback out of Kentucky. This is the second draft in a row that they then went and drafted potentially Ryan Tannehill's replacement. So now there's yep. two of them that they've drafted in the first three rounds on the roster in the last two seasons. So, I mean, he's he's gone after this year. I think that writing is on the wall. They brought in uh, defensively Sean Murphy Bunting, cornerback from the from the Bucks. Arden Key, yep. came over from the Jaguars. Aziz Alshire, I think that's, if you're going to replace David Long Jr., I think Aziz Alshire, linebacker from the Niners, is is a nice guy to do that with. So
1: I thought he was going to go to the Texans. Honestly, I thought he was going to go down there. Whatever, I did too. Whatever. Yeah. So yeah. That, that, but that was a huge pickup for them. That's, that's a great pickup.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, definitely. And then they also, of course, their first round pick, Peter Skoronski. They drafted the, the offensive lineman more likely to play guard than tackle. At least his projection once he gets to the NFL. And Tasha Spears, a running back who out of Tulane, I liked a lot. I really liked a lot. To ask you, bro, like what? This team last year they had that collapse before yep. they had been like in the playoffs. What do we see from them in 2023?
1: Um if especially if Peter Skaronski come in making an immediate impact and they can stay semi-healthy. Uh, uh Jeffrey Simmers is a monster over there. Uh love his game. Uh if Harold Landry come back, I think he had they have like 13 or 14 sacks the year before, uh if he can come back. This defense can start rounding into what they were before. And this offensive line can round into what they want to do and run the ball and then play action to DeAndre Hopkins. It all comes down to who's playing quarterback though. Um right now, they drafted they drafted Will Levins in the second round. But I'm hearing Mal- Malik Willis is outplaying him in camp. Uh training okay. camp just started. Training camper just started right now. Malik Willis is looking great. Uh that's that second year in the offense or second year in the in the NFL. He's looking great. Uh Ryan Tannehill got paid for handing it off to Derrick Henry. <laughs> That's he a, did more than that. Yeah, he did, but he had a lot of great play action. And then he would throw slants. He, yeah. he would just throw yeah. slants to uh, yeah. A.J. Brown. And that same Ryan Tannehill who got paid, but they was kind of, I don't know if he paid Derrick Henry, cost him that playoff game by throwing three picks.
0: He, he, so, yes, for sure. He's not, he's not great. I'm not here like yeah. championing him. But, so, yeah. like, he, I feel like he. I mean, I think we can all agree he did more than. I'd have Ryan Tannehill and Daniel Jones at that type of money.
1: And we had, and we, and, and Jordan, we had the discussion uh, during the season last year. I said I feel like the Giants are just the Tennessee Titans of now because they they <laughs> were going to pay because they Ryan Tannehill because Daniel Jones was Ryan Tannehill and Saquon Barkley was Derrick Henry for the Giants. That same situation. But they pay the quarterback, didn't pay the running back. So I'm just like, this is beyond me. But I would have Ryan Tannehill over Daniel Jones, too. And I'm an Eagles fan saying that. So (laughs) I'm just – it's crazy to me. Uh, It comes down to the quarterback situation. If Malik Willis plays well in the preseason, uh, Tannehill probably still will start. But maybe that leash is shorter and um, Malik Willis might get the start. And then that makes things interesting because what's Will Lovers do then? if you? It's so yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, I'm saying like, <laughs> if you come in the rookie, you're supposed to compete for the job, and you got beat out by last year's guy, and this and Hills just was—he's gonna get cut anyway. Um, the third round pick from last year is starting to pan out. Then you might, because Malik Willis is an athlete, you start adding more to the running oh, yeah. game, and then let's let's see if uh, we run some RPOs or something like that to help Malik Willis and even help. Derrick Henry be more, because this team wants to be smashed well and use both lines, D-line and O-line, and it's running down your throat. Also, stop the run. Like you said, they were number one. But they need people like Harold Lynch to come back to, and to give them a pass rush. Give them a pass rush and be able to help that uh stopping the pass as well.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how many wins you got him at? Vegas has them at seven and a half. I put him at eight. Okay.
1: Eight. Over, the, over the Vegas line. Okay. Over the Vegas line. No, nah, because... Because even though this team doesn't look – they have – well, it's Mike Vrabel. I have so much uh, respect to Mike Vrabel. Long, if this team stays healthy, they'll do good. And they got DeAndre Hopkins too. So DeAndre Hopkins makes the quarterback's life very easily because he can catch anything. doesn't practice, but that man is still a baller out there. Um, he makes that – he makes stuff interesting. He makes life inter- – life, inter- I don't know what I'm saying. He makes <laughs> He couldn't life- say interesting <laughs> – <laughs> I guess I was trying to say he makes life that was, that was easy. So funny. <laughs> yeah, he makes life easy, but it's going to be interesting to see how this offense is. Is what I was trying. To okay,
0: say. I'm glad you. I'm glad you were able to still squeak yeah. out interesting. could but I got
1: eight, eight or nine wins just because Mike is a hell of a coach. I will give him nine. I'll okay. Yeah.
0: All right. Nine wins. Okay. Uh, we'll see if they can do have more balance in 2020. Yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, pass to run, disparity, I don't necessarily think that's going to continue. Also, something else. This defense last year led the league in penalties for, mm-hmm. of all defenses. Like, that's going to have to change. That's going to have yeah. to change. Uh, Roger, last year, Roger McCreary and Kevin Byard were the only guys last season who started every single game in this secondary. There were three different people at each position last year to start opposite of both players. So you had three different corners stopping, starting opposite of Roger McCreary, who was a rookie, by the way. And then you had three other safeties starting opposite of Kevin Byard. Like, when that type of of change and turnover occurs within your secondary, it's really hard to gain ground against it. Yeah. Defensively, though, as we look look ahead to this year, this line, the trenches over here in this squad, I yep. like. Sign me up, bro. Yep. Jeffrey Simmons, Thierry Tart, Danico Autry, Mario Edwards in rotational duty. You're going to mm-hmm. get back Harold Landry. You also got Arden Key. I mean, Aziz Shire has, you know, on creepers or fire zones, like with Shane Bowen. Like, I love it. I mean, mm-hmm. Thierry Tart last year, he averaged the fourth shortest average depth of tackle among defensive, among DTs last season. Mm-hmm. 1.2 yards was his average depth of tackle. You were not moving this man off the line of scrimmage. It just weren't right. And the guy right behind him, actually, who was tied for the same amount was Simmons. You are not moving that interior. And that's a big reason why that defensive line and that defense overall was so good against the run because those guys did not get moved off their spot. D'Amico Autry, he missed time last year. He's been a good pass rusher. And I just I can't wait to see what what he's going to go do. And you bring in Arden Key. He found himself a nice role with the Jags last year as a rotational edge rusher. And now you drop him in to this unit. Let's go. Offensively, um, Tim Kelly is going to be installing the same system that he had when he was with the Texans. Charles London is going to be the passing game coordinator. These guys come from the Bill O'Brien tree, who has lineage dating back to his time as a good coach in Houston. He just wasn't a good GM. We all know exactly. that. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Interestingly enough, as I previously talked about earlier, Nicholas Petit-Ferrer, he was a second-year right tackle for the Texans, suspended six games for betting at the Titans facility, wasn't NFL related, et cetera, et cetera. And the reason why I think that's very important if we look at the on-field impact. Obviously, it, it sucks that this man's life now has changed because of some stupid rule. But if we look at the on on-field impact, this O-line was trash at pass blocking last year. Yep. Last graded pass block grade in terms of pass protection, according to PFF, in 2022. And, I mean, we hope that that can change. The DeAndre Hopkins signing, as we had previously mentioned, I do think he brings something to this passing game. They needed help. He can definitely help in many ways, veteran presence type of thing. Red zone target, contested catch guy. But Titans fans have to be thinking about this in the same vein as when they signed Julio Jones in 2021 and he didn't really do anything Davian Clowney in 2020 Andre Johnson in 2019 Randy Moss in 2010. I mean, even go back as far as Carl Pickens in 2000, like they've done this before and it has not worked out. So I understand Titan fans. If you don't have a lot of optimism, the elite is gone from Deandre Hopkins, but I still think the good is there and we'll see if you can finally, you know, you know, Pay it off there. And it sucks that you had to trade off a receiver who is actually a savage in A.J. Brown yeah. to get here. Definitely. Last but not least, uh, I, got, I mean, Derrick Henry. I mean, what more can we say about this guy? In a time where running backs are being devalued, and that's a big conversation around the NFL, this guy has been nothing but a complete outlier in terms of what we've seen him do. In what was a down year last season, he had mm-hmm. 1,257 rushing yards. Right <laughs> after contact, yeah, twelve hundred and fifty-seven rushing yards after contact because he was running behind such a bad offensive line, and that's yep. a down year, right? Down. This man has now eclipsed seven thousand rushing yards after contact in his career. I mean, I've all, I, we've all read comic books. This is the real life juggernaut. Okay, let's just call it what it is. Um, And, yeah, I think that's going to be a huge factor and what they can can contribute on the ground game. And if Malik Willis is clicking to where he is somewhat of a threat as far as a thrower goes, you add his rushing ability to what Derrick Henry is and an improved offensive line, you might have something here. I'm with you on on the wins this year. I got eight wins for him. I got eight wins as well, half a win over the Vegas 7.5. So, yeah, I got it. I got it. Got to give them their props. I think we're going to see a nice turnaround for that Titans team this year. Yeah. Last team in the division. 2022 Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Your boy, Doug Peterson. Uh, I, don't, I don't necessarily remember your thoughts on Trevor Lawrence coming out, but what did you think I of the squad Trevor. last year? What did you uh, think of this team?
1: Uh, they finally had a coach who – they got out of the Urban Meyer situation and got a coach who can actually install offense and actually bring confidence to the quarterback. And coach. Um, he did Not well. I just didn't coach think coach they... and be a good coach. Huh? Not only just
0: coach, but be a good coach.
1: Yeah. Be a good coach. You know, stay behind after a game and go to the bar and have some girls work. <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> um, sounds very open. <laughs> Yeah, I feel like this team, they definitely overachieved. I'm not going to lie. They were last in the division last year, and then they won the division and uh, went to the playoffs and won a playoff game. So this team definitely overachieved from that standpoint. Um, Dougie P. Uh, Still a lot of confidence in Trevor Lawrence. And I think it was week nine, from week nine on the rest of the season, Trevor Lawrence really took a big step and really showed people that he was taking number one overall for a reason. and was, And it was – reason people were saying he'll be the number one overall pick if he would have came out after his freshman year. Um, he showed a lot of that. Um, Tight end in Evan Ingram. Uh, the way that Doug Peterson used him I think was super great. Like a lot of nope. teams. Nope kept like sending him vertical because he was so athletic he can like go deep and he was super he's fast,
0: fast in a straight yeah. line so
1: they think it yeah. needs to be vertical and he made a horizontal yeah. <laughs> and he made a horizontal he was like how about we just run you on drags and then throw it to you then and then people won't catch won't be able to you catch it you just turn up and yeah, that let's works so much. Use, let's
0: use you as the as the the big crosser on mesh let's just do that exactly yeah and makes, he sense, like, makes sense, but like, yeah. I didn't think, anyway, yeah, no, I'm. I'm we talked about this last year, I and mean, I remember when you said that I was watching the same thing on All-22, like, oh, the cross-around mesh, and you're like, oh, yeah, use him shallow, going horizontal, same shit.
1: Yeah, same thing. There's a different way, like, oh, it's crazy, like, he just goes deep, but he can't get separation. Well, let's send him horizontal, see what happens. W- won't you know it? Career year and a Pro Bowl. Yep. Look at God. And got, <laughs> <laughs> and got himself an extension. And got himself an extension too. He was franchised, and they got himself an extension. I think what they did—they used uh, it was the landscape of of, all right franchise tag is this. How about we offer you two to three franchise tags and sign extension? That worked. Um, so that was super good. Uh, having his best year. I didn't think the funny thing about it. I think he was out of all the signings they had of the (laughs) of the Christian Kirk getting seventy to eighty million of the Zay Jones getting a ton of money, and um. All those pick, all I mean, all those huge signings. The uh, mm-hmm. the linebacker they signed for like forty five million. What
0: side of Lucon? Yeah, I think led he, the NFL in tackles he, last year. Though I mean,
1: amazing. But still, you yeah, know, they, think, they
0: paid him a lot of money. <laughs>
1: uh, I think he signed for like six million, and probably was the best signing out of everyone, and was the cheapest out of all the big names that they brought in. So that that play calling design was great. Um. Travis Travis Etienne being healthy showed really a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, was good in the receiving and in running game. So that show, uh, was, was, little, I don't even know where I'm going with at this point. Uh, <laughs> it showed a lot of balance to this offense. And especially because he was coming off uh, what was it, the foot injury his, he missed his whole mm-hmm, year. Mm-hmm. So, uh, that was yeah. a great addition. And it was funny because I remember they traded, League was, was it James? was it was washington was the james the robinson back, james robinson the back, who was good yeah. there yeah, yeah was it was good. pretty impressive
0: man it was pretty impressive season because like yeah. they started three and seven won yeah. six of their next seven and capped yeah. off the regular season with a five game winning streak yeah five and three at home four and five on the road eight and four in conference but yeah i mean this team erased that 27 to nothing hole that you were talking about in the wild card game ended up beating <laughs> the Chargers 31 to 30
1: third largest comeback
0: in playoff Charter's history.
1: Chargers going to charge, man. going <laughs> to the foot, man. I remember at halftime, I think, I think, I don't know if we did a recap, but I was saying in my head, what if the Chargers blow this?
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, we did do. No, me and you. It was just me and you in the recap. I remember. It was just yeah. me and you. Yeah. And we, we talked about that. And it, I remember we talked about, like, how when the Chargers were up and the Jags got the ball back, it was like, like, they can still, like, come back. Like, there was a point For when crap. Lawrence got the ball. I'm like, you know, this game ain't over. Like. Yeah. Like, it,
1: it was like, one of those. Yeah. It was an eerie feeling. Cause like, <laughs> yeah. Because it's one of those eerie feeling. Like, I mean, he did just throw, like, three or four picks. So, so that gave them great field position. But in, your head, in the back of your head, just like. Because they I got believe... field goals
0: off a lot of those. Like, I mean, yeah. Asante Samuel Jr. had, like. I remember we and you talked about this. They had a yeah. lot of, like. Sonny Samuel Jr. had some of those picks, but like they they came away with field goals for a yeah. good portion of those advantageous field position spots, yeah. but didn't put it in the end zone. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think that's this kind of indicative of what that team was, but that's more about the Chargers than it is about the Jags. To so swing it back to the Jags, though, uh, if we were to look at uh, just a little bit of the things that jump out to me for the 2022 stats, this team, in terms of points allowed, was 12th defensively. They were a opportunistic defense that was like a bend, don't break, caused a lot of havoc, and then maybe had some areas that they could fine-tune. This team was tied for fifth in takeaways last year. One and a half takeaways per game. They allowed, but still, even with that, they teams passed on them the seventh most in the NFL last year, but they allowed the what was it? But that's why they allowed the 28th most or 28. They were 28th in pass per games pass yards per game allowed so if you look at it it's like they allowed the you know fifth most et cetera. but i mean there was some things that you could you could uh hang on to from this team from this defense to carry over to next year they led the nfl last year in passes defense Mm -hmm. led the nfl and we'll get to that when we talk about their secondary but offensively when trevor clicked and it started really working for this squad they ended up being 10th in points and yards per game 10th in passing yards per game, 14th in rushing yards per game. They were tied for 8th in their rush yards per attempt. They were ninth in 3rd downs. They were 7th in yards per drive. Like, top 10 in all major categories offensively? Like, and this is now when Trevor is really hitting his stride and getting a certain player back. Yep. Calvin Ridley. Yep. How much do you think that's going to rejuvenate the unit? We'll get to the to the coaching staff here soon. But because yeah. of how we're kind of framing this, I want to get to what Calvin Ridley is going to do or what you at least expect him to do for Trevor Lawrence. So I always,
1: always believe Calvin Ridley really is like it's like a number, it's like a 1B kind of type of dude. You know, like he's great. He played a lot next to Julio Jones a lot of his career. But the way people talk about him and how explosive he's looking, how great he's looking, he could really help Trevor Lawrence be, uh, take another step because he's doing things with With Zay Jones and um, Evan Ingram and not having like a true number one guy, I feel like he will definitely be able to step it up even more with a bona fide guy. And he's a great route runner, too. And he can get open in like in the end zone. So this will definitely help Trevor Lawrence take even like the next step with his offense Mm -hmm. and Doug Peterson scheme him up. Uh, or whoever's on his office and of staff can help him scheme him up. <laughs> little jab. <laughs> okay, we've talked
0: about it before. We'll move to yeah. it now.
1: Yeah, we'll move to we've it, yeah. we about it
0: before, how you yeah. don't – How you, Doug Peterson, as a former Eagle fan, even though he did what he did for your squad, you yeah. gave him his credit. I mean, what great what, – what Right now, as we sit here today, Cordae, it's 2023. Yeah. We are yeah. a month-ish out from the season. What grade yeah. do you give Doug Peterson as a head coach? You've seen him as a coach for your team. Now you've seen yeah. him as a coach for someone else. Where are you at on him?
1: Well, I say, like especially going from this team, I give him uh, like a B plus, like a B plus. Okay. Really, like I, I think that's
0: fair. I think that's fair. Continue.
1: Because, uh, yeah, really helping this team overachieve. Because when they start off three and seven, then they went on a uh, late game five game winning streak and came yep. back from thirty points or came back from a huge deficit in the playoffs. So that that's that's great. That's that's great things. Um, even uh, balky being the GM, which I was like, right. yeah, that's a good like, point right? too.
0: We didn't mention him really at uh, Trent balky so, former Niners GM, now yeah. over there too. Yeah.
1: So uh, that was and some of the moves that balky made and Doug Peterson overcoming that and really Doug Peterson having Trent. I mean, uh, Trevor, ha, Trevor Lawrence, definitely helps him become a better coach but also helps Trevor Lawrence become a better quarterback. Perfect. True. Perfect quarterback. He's super. We saw how good he is, and he's about to grow even more with Calvin Ridley. Um, mm-hmm. Now with this defense is what I'm looking toward to see if they take another step. Um, we talked about how Balky took a guy. I mean, He took Trevon Walker over Aiden Hutchinson. Um, that also part, the guy, bro. It, he looked <laughs> wrong <laughs> last season. He looked wrong. I, I I still disagree with when it happened, but Balky loves dudes who are, have long arms and he's he's he, a, he chases a, that profile. Guy. He's a highway highway speed guy. So I'm just like Walker was supposed to I think the tenth. Look like he was on tenth, but all of a sudden he drew he It's crazy. Uh also Devin Lloyd has to do better. He Devin Lloyd is
0: Devin yeah. Lloyd, uh rookie linebacker last year out of Utah for them, yeah. number thirty-three. Uh, uh I liked him as a prospect. Um, yeah. Yeah. I
1: feel like they should have rushed him more. He got lost in coverage a bunch. I feel like he should have they should have blitzed him, like Yeah, there's some something.
0: there's some Devin White, there's some, you know, going on there yeah. where yeah, he yeah. might be best used as a blitzer. I think he has yeah. like like the same thing with Devin White. Like he's athletic. It's not a matter of athleticism. It's just he's a athletic. matter of knowing where to apply it. You know what I mean? Exactly. That type is,
1: of thing. I, I can run you down. I can blitz up the middle and get there to you when it comes to drop back and cover that, I'm better going forward than backing up, you know? Yeah, like, just, uh, just let me, like, let
0: me just, boom, let me just go. Yeah. Like, light the exactly. fuse. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And absolutely. They, and
1: they drafted Chad Muma, who was, like, the, like the linebacker at our, uh, Wyoming, I the, think These was, are both or, draft
0: picks from last season, but yeah, last, they did last season, last season yeah.
1: So, so they loaded up. They got three three linebackers all in the same draft, and I'm like, Okay, so, (laughs) uh, uh, and honestly, I think Arden Key, Arden Key was a veteran on this very young team. Like, I know they have Josh Allen, but Arden Key been in the league longer, I believe. He was the veteran that kind of helped show these guys how to pass rush, even though he, I think he only had like five and a half sacks. Like, he wasn't great, but he was the veteran that brought all this talent together, brought the pass rush. He was showing, I heard he was showing Trevon Walker, a lot of stuff, and we actually need more than Trevon Walker. I think he had like,
0: so, like I'm saying, like yeah, so I'm saying He, yeah, he was like he, I mean look he's a rookie uh, yeah. uh you know he's a rookie on on this defense we'll see but I mean yeah. as far as like balky choosing him over who else was there and what we saw from other guys like that's not looking like the pick bro yeah. Come on yeah. Trent it, I mean we'll see it, we, it, got, it, we got time we got time
1: hmm. I'll say I'll say this too cuz Trevon Walker did make some splashes in preseason a lot of people was like oh shoot balky might have been right but Aiden didn't look great immediately, but he came on as the season's going. And it's not how you Aiden start had a like, better rookie
0: year. Sauce what? had a better, like by far, Sauce had a better rookie yeah. year. I mean,
1: Madden Sauce on this defense, especially with all the linebackers they drafted to. Just
0: yeah, like, like just, just swap out Sauce for any one of these yeah. corners. I mean, yeah, and I do think there's some some corners that'll do damage on this on this roster, and I'll, I'll kind of yeah. get to that here in a little bit, but. Uh, press Taylor, offensive coordinator for this squad right now. Mike McCoy is the quarterback coach for this squad. Second year in the role. A lot of people remember him. He's been in the NFL for a while. He was an offensive coordinator, calling plays for Phillip Rivers. Uh, head coach, I
1: even think at one point. Yeah, he was a head coach. Yeah, yep. yep. He was a 21st,
0: 21st season in the NFL. And yeah, 20. Yeah, head coach, Denver and, and Chargers. Yeah, yep. Todd Washington. Eight-year NFL vet has been coaching since 2007. He is an assistant offensive line coach, and I mean, when there's going to be a trend here where we talk yeah. about on the defensive side of the ball a former vet who was yep. who played long and is now <laughs> has been a coach for a long time too. So let's play our game right now. Look <laughs> at head do coach this. Doug
1: Peterson played 14 years. <laughs> so what I'm saying. Like
0: he values it, and they and I love how Con is just like, yeah, bro, go do what you want. And I got to give ball credit for that, too. Like, hey, bro, yeah, go do what you want, right? Defensive coordinator is Mike Caldwell in his second year in the unit. He was an 11-year NFL vet, 15-year coaching career. Senior defensive assistant, Bob Sutton, his third year with the squad. Do you know what year this is for this man coaching football right now?
1: Probably like 40.
0: This is Bob Sutton's 51st season. Jesus. He has not taken, took a year off. Taken, took, yeah. taken, took Liam Neeson. I don't know. But anyway, like, yeah, he has been coaching the NFL prior, like, to this season for 50 years. Yeah. Like, if, if there's a question that, like, hey, I'm seeing someone do this. Mike Caldwell, the defensive coordinator, walks up to him. I'm seeing yep. someone do this. How, do you, how would you defend this? Well, you could do it this way. You could do it this way. When I played against this team in 1982, they did it this way. That was when I had 10 years under my belt. When I played against this team in 19, blah, 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 they did it this way. And then when I played against this team in 2014, they had their coverage play this way. So therefore, I would do it this way. Like, I mean, just an amazing person to have in the locker room. Brenton Buckner in his second year with the team. 12-year NFL vet, 13 seasons as a coach. Tony Gilbert, second year in his role as an inside linebacker coach. Eight-year NFL vet, 13 seasons as an NFL coach. Cornerback coach, passing game coordinator. DeShay Townsend, 12-year yes, NFL sir. vet. Steelers fans know who he is. He's been coaching for 13 years. I mean, awesome. As to who this team brought in, let me just throw it back to you. Is there anything else you want to say on the staff?
1: Uh, I didn't know DeShay Townsend was on here, but also – Brinson Bugner probably is one of the best D-line coaches in the league. Doesn't get enough credit for how great he was. I remember when he was on your Raiders, uh, my homie loved him. Uh, Mm -hmm. He really started helping uh, Max Crosby become the guy he is. And then when John Gruden came in, he fired him for Rod Mettinelli, and I get for the name, but Brinson was a hell of a coach. uh, And I really recognize how great he does. Uh, He was in Arizona, but they didn't have nobody there besides J.J. Watt, who was at the tail end of his career, but Brenton Buckner definitely gives a D line a lot. Tells you what you need to hear and gives you pass rush moves. I don't know. He just he's a great D line coach.
0: I love. It. I love him. I love him. I remember when he got fired and he was like interviewed from when he got like fired for Marinelli, and like the way he just handled that, like sincere, like positive. Like no one likes to be fired, but like just the way. That Buckner was like, nah, they're like, I, I'm confident. Like, my life's going to keep going. I'm going to be good. And he's, he knew he was going to land somewhere because he is that good. And he's got that confidence yep. to him and he's got that ability and he has. And like, he's never went without a job. And like, I mean, the dude is dope. The dude is just, yeah, I'm with you. Praises for Princeton Buckner a billion percent. Would would love to play for that dude and with that dude. Yep. Yep. But yeah, Deshae Townsend, that was an interesting one. That kind of came out and shocked me.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> um, this
0: team yeah. didn't really have a lot of free agency moves. Yeah. Losses or gains. I mean like, re- like Jawan Taylor, the right tackle, he went to the Kansas City Chiefs. Absolutely. Marvin Jones went to the Lions, but he yep. wasn't really a lot in terms of what he was providing for that squad last year. Veteran presence at most, you know, consummate pro that he is. Dearness Johnson, he only played three snaps for Cleveland last year, but when you saw Dearness Johnson get carries, he looked good. He's now in the squad.
1: Man, he that good. that that and it, I think they I think he took like a one year I think he took like a two year deal for like three million or something like that.
0: Cheap. Yeah, bro.
1: It's super Sign cheap. Sign me up. Yeah.
0: Yeah. He, like Dearness Johnson. Yeah. A good back, yeah. bro. No, if he's you want to expand on Dearness like, Johnson, we can do
1: this. <laughs> yeah. We we, we we I mean I mean when 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 Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt both got hurt and De'arnest Johnson came in, I was like, uh, "Y'all yeah, might want to get back soon." This dude looks like the truth, and for him to go to Jacksonville for barely anything, I'm surprised. De'arnest Johnson is one of those low key signings that you bring somebody in, like, "Oh, we only signed him for like two million or like four million over two years," and he just led our led our team in like 1,200 yards, 13 rushes. That's that's mm-hmm. who he looks like. He looks like one of those yeah. guys who slipped in the cracks. Went out and started I mean, we're, balling. That's we're doing the AFC
0: South. We're doing the AFC yeah. South. Do people remember yeah. when Ryan Moats rushed for 20, 221 yards when Steve Slayton was like the big guy? There's this guy named Ryan Moats who, one game, rushed for 221 yards. Yeah. And Steve Slayton was supposed to be a dude and he didn't Ryan. play.
1: And then Ryan Moats rushed for 220. Anyway. Yeah. No, Ryan Moats was, he played for Philly. I know exactly who Ryan Moats was. <laughs> <laughs> but Steve I, Slayton I, looked like he was going to be the truth to that neck injury, though
0: exactly yeah, but I like was, slayton had an injury was, and they started moats and moats went anyway i'm like i said it three times yeah. <laughs> yeah but anyway i know <laughs> we both are fans obviously we didn't plan this before the show but we are obviously we we met hand in hand on dearness johnson right here that's really yeah. honestly the only one though to look at uh so we'd have to go to the draft which there wasn't i mean i didn't love this draft to be honest with you yeah but yeah. Anything you want to say on it?
1: I mean, not really. It's just the it, uh, Brendan Strange. I was like, okay. Uh, I felt like they did that cause just in case if they didn't bring back Evan Ingram. Anton Harrison. I understood it because Cam um, Robinson is suspended for the first four games. And also, they're probably drafting him, like maybe put him in a right tackle. He, a development guy, you know, so they're not exactly sure. Like um, Tank, Tank Bigsby. Another running back to go like a uh, big power back to go opposite the of Tribe third round pick uh, out of
0: Auburn, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
1: yeah. Uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> the Anton Harrison pick, I, I that's the kind of the one that I'm, yeah, I'm kind of like just putting my eye on. I also Antonio Johnson, the safety that they grabbed out of Texas A&M. Uh, he played a nickel, the nickel role over there mostly. Uh, yeah. just about half of his snaps in the slot roll. And uh, he'll be a person that I think can, at least he's a sure tackler. Yeah. And so that's one thing I can at least say about him. But yeah, not a ton over there. What's your win expectations for the Jaguars in 2023? How do they get there?
1: Um, I'm going to go 10 again. Give them 10 wins after they went 10 and seven last year. Vegas I has them track.
0: right there.
1: Yeah. They, I was yeah. Track. I was I was thinking eleven, but I re- remembered huh, what uh, <laughs> they're playing the AFC. No, they so only I'm had
0: nine a- wins last year, bro.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, no. What I'm what I'm saying, yeah. So I'm like, oh, they gonna make it? No, they're not. Not in this crazy AFC. Not in this monster of a, <laughs> of a league uh, or a conference. That's gonna be super hard. So I got yeah, AFC's
0: a- AFC's a bloodbath. Do you think they win the AFC South?
1: Yes, yes, I do
0: at 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 9 ten, 10 wins you said
1: yeah 10 wins yeah.
0: okay how do they get I
1: mean them? I, don't think, I don't think Tennessee will unseat them mainly because of who they have a quarterback and Trevor Lawrence is the best quarterback in his division so I got that one
0: okay for me if I look at the defense uh as I mentioned earlier this team led the league and passed the defense in 2022 with 95 i like this secondary and last year we saw we saw them really do a lot of retooling and being able to get the best out of what they what they want with what they have. It was there was a change where Mike Caldwell had he had started the year playing Darius Williams in the slot. And I feel like a lot of defensive coordinators are going to do that with guys who are Darius Williams size simply yeah. because he's shorter. He's quick in short areas, but that isn't necessarily indicative of him being better on the outside or better on the inside. Darius Williams does need that boundary there next to him. And when he's got that, he's good. I talked last year about Tyson Campbell, who just, I, I love Tyson Campbell. I love Tyson yep. Campbell. I think he's the best. He's hes the best corner in this division, and it's not close right now. Yeah. It's not. There's a physical component to his game that just jumps off the screen to me. He is top tier in run support, and one of the top corners in terms of stops which is when you just get a tackle and it's like, you know, play done. Something that you usually see for linebackers and D linemen. But yeah, when you get to the edge. Yeah, when you get to the edge, man, that's it. That's his game. And he only allowed 50 yards receiving in one game this previous year. Yeah,
1: yeah. he had a heck of a year, man. Just love to see him.
0: Good at being able to mirror when he's in man coverage. He understands midpoints and like, I mean, I just. I, bro, I, I just I applaud this guy. Like, I just I love what I saw last year, and can't wait to watch him do more this season too. And I'm glad that the, the Jags are starting to get more shine because of where they're going, so that he can be a part of that. It's going to be awesome. Um, they made the change though, as I was talking about, like schematically and positionally wise, in week fourteen, and Darius Williams went outside, Trey Herndon went to the slot, and that's I think what we're going to see more of this year, which is Andre Cisco. Sean Jenkins at safety, and then on the outside we're going to see Trey Herndon and uh, Darius Williams and or, or uh, sorry Tyson Campbell, Darius Williams, Trey Herndon in the slot. Can't wait to watch that flourish. Josh Allen has rounded himself into a good pass rusher. Yeah, yeah, he was twelfth in run stops last year, sixteenth in pass rush win rate among edge defenders. I mean, really, really dope, really, really dope, and. I can't wait to see him add on that if we get a bump from Trayvon Walker. But the question that I have with Trayvon is his best role as like a primary like coverage dropper that like occasionally rushes rather than a guy who rushes mostly and occasionally drops because I honestly feel like he looked better when he was dropping into like a low zone and being able to use those athletic traits that way. When he was coming forward, he just didn't overpower or overwhelm tackles. But when he was in space and using that big body, it looked kind of unreal because of how his movement skills are. I almost feel like he might, he might be better in that role, kind of like a Kyle Van Noy type. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. yeah. Something
0: like that. So, uh, but he did last year. <laughs> he, led the, he led all edges and penalties with nine of them. Yeah. We'll see yeah. if he can clean that up. <laughs> the offensive line is a question mark That's something that kind of scares me with this team Brandon Scherf, their guard that they pulled From uh, the commanders last year Had his yep. worst season Or probably of his career I would honestly yep. say And if we were to look at their offensive line last year According to PFF And talk about like pass blocking grades Jawan Taylor went to KC Yep. Cam Robinson He suspended yep. So therefore that means Anton Robinson the rookie that they drafted out of Oklahoma, who I kind of like as a project. I don't want to like start him, but like I just kind of want right. him on my team to the, to develop the kid, right? Like him and Walker Little as my starting tackles next year for at least the first month of the season. That kind of scares me. Yeah. That kind of scares me. I think Trevor is good enough to make it not a terrible problem because there are things that quarterbacks can do to negate pressure. In terms of like mobility and like time of release and changing protections and stuff like that, especially when he has a coach like Doug Peterson. So, but I mean, Trevor this year, I'm expecting a big jump and I think it'll happen. And there's skill players that are able to make it happen. If we were to look across the board at the depth chart, at the skill players, last season was the best season we've ever seen from Christian Kirk, from Evan Ingram, from Trevor Lawrence, from Trevor Etienne. And now we drop Calvin Ridley into it. Let's go. Let's go. I got this squad at 10 wins as well. I got this right. squad at 10 wins as well. I think it's going to be awesome to watch them go. And, ladies and gentlemen, that is it for the AFC South. Anything you want to leave the people with, bro, before we get out of here?
1: um, Frank, White, Frank Wright coached the Philadelphia Eagles, not Doug Peterson. <laughs> That's your story,
0: and you're sticking to it.
1: You know it. No balance on that team. One Frank, (laughs) right, left. No balance at all.
0: All right, y'all. We'll be back with with another division. Keep it locked here on the Cover Zero Podcast.